girl. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. How was your weekend? It was good. How was yours? It was amazing. Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, did you have a good Mother's Day? I did. I got spoiled rotten. Good. You deserve it. If uh, if everybody hasn't realized this yet, Samantha is my daughter. <laughs> she is plot twist. She is my oldest daughter. And she having her back in Wyoming is like the greatest thing ever because my other kids are younger and they don't have money. They don't have the resources to go and do cool things, not cool things, but things for, for me. Right. And as a single mom, that kind of sucks. Like not... It kind of sucks. You have to take them with you to go get you a present. Not or... that being a mom isn't present enough, but it sure <laughs> was nice to wake up at 7.30 in the morning and everybody was actually being quiet and I had this big charcuterie board filled with every kind of breakfast thing ever. I had coffee <laughs> made. The house got cleaned. Everything got cleaned up. I didn't have to... They didn't use the shit that I bought to make <laughs> me breakfast. Like... It was really cool. It was really cool. All the little kids made me something, which is so much better than buying something, in my opinion. Yeah. And then everybody left me the hell alone all day. And I wrote three chapters in my next book. Dun, dun, dun. It was pretty cool. It was awesome. Good. I'm glad you had a good day. But Samantha orchestrated that. Samantha and her husband, which was cool as hell. <laughs> I love having her home. Now that you know that I'm her daughter, um, previous episodes are going to be funnier now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get going, there's one other um, podcast. I know last week we gave a shout out to three really awesome yeah. podcasts. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout out to one other um, podcast that I've been kind of communicating with. The Brutal Bizarre Boozy Podcast. It Whoa, is a, a mother-son. Cool mother-son. Duo. And they are so nice. Really? So nice. So once again, the Brutal Bizarre Boozy Podcast. Ooh, I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah. I've never heard of it. I was listening to a couple of their episodes the other day. They're funny. Really? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it's cool. it's a mother, mother-son duo. That's awesome. Well, today I brought a case for you. Ooh. I know. I'm pretty excited about it. Hopefully, or maybe, we'll see if you've ever heard of it before. See what happens. See what happens. That's right. So I am Tracy. I am Samantha. And this is The Suspended Sentence. voice of Alyssa Bustamante. Have you heard of this one? I don't think so. All right. Alyssa Bustamante was born January 28th, 1994 in Cole, Missouri. Both of her parents were teenagers when she was born. Um, both of them were involved in the criminal justice system in one way or another. Her, um, they were drug addicts, very unstable, and at times they were very dangerous people. Her mother had several arrests related to theft and drug possession, and her father was in prison 
at the time of her birth and then throughout her life as he was serving a 10-year sentence in prison for three counts of aggravated assault. Oh. So violent man. Yeah. While under the age of eight, Alyssa was subjected to some pretty horrific living conditions, as you can imagine. And she was put into some situations that no child should ever have to go through. Her young childhood was filled with mistreatment and uncertainty. So her grandparents got involved, you know, when they were sending money for food and doing things like that. And then grandpa was like, yeah, we're not doing anything to help them. We're enabling them. We need to get custody of these kids. So her grandparents took legal custody of her and her three younger siblings to escape their former lives. The kids moved to a rural ranch-like property in St. Martin's, Missouri, which is just west of the state capital of Jefferson City, and they moved in with Grandma and Grandpa. Okay. Alyssa Bustamante, she was a normal kid by all appearances. She and her siblings thrived in their new environment, and for the first time in their lives, they were safe. Her grandparents provided a stable home where Alyssa's parents could not. Alyssa was friendly, she was fun, she was energetic. Friends would say that she would write poems and joke around. She regularly attended the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where she participated in several youth activities. She was an A and B student in high school, and friends described her as a good time. She was fun. She was a normal kid. Mm -hmm. But that was all on the surface. In 2007, Alyssa tried to kill herself. But her grandparents did exactly what her grandparents should have done. They sought the appropriate resources. They got her help. Um, they, they recognized that something was deep inside of her that was not okay. And they took her to a psychiatric hospital where she spent 10 days. Um, she went on antidepressants. They got her therapy. They did everything that they, that they should have done at the time. She was diagnosed when she was in that, in that psychiatric hospital. She was diagnosed with a personality disorder and major dep- depressive disorder. Completely common, or not common, completely predictable based on the life that she had led thus far. Right. Those are things that are pretty predictable. But despite the medication that she was on and the help that she was getting, she continued to cut herself on several different occasions. And her friends said, that, that they saw scars on her body and she would show them this, you know, the scarring from, from the, when she tried to cut herself and slit her wrists. Yeah. But online, she was a very scary person. Her Twitter feed talked about how she hated authority and she made some statements that really should have made people go, okay, this girl needs more than what we're giving her. In my opinion, one post, for example, read, Quote, bad decisions make great stories. But she listed her hobbies on Twitter or on a YouTube video. Sorry. She listed her hobbies on her Twitter, you know, where it says, tell you about yourself, describe yourself, whatever. She said that some of her hobbies were killing people and cutting. Oh, that seems like a total normal thing to be listing as your hobbies that hello you know what I mean (laughs) like a little bit of a red flag there absolutely she also posted a YouTube video where she tried to get two of her younger brothers to try and electrocute themselves on a fence you know the electric fences she tried to get them to touch it and recorded it she posted images on the internet with herself wearing like dark makeup smeared lipstick which is whatever, but for a 15-year-old girl, like 15-year-old girls want to look pretty. They want to look, you know what I mean? Like portray themselves online as 
not what she some of the images unless are pretty, she was going for like the emo vibe yeah they're pretty dis- i went through that phase they're pretty disturbing pictures more than just like a normal emo yeah she was clearly struggling clearly and she clearly had some psychological issues that were not being treated effectively mm-hmm. now where her grandparents bought their house their farmhouse it was very rural so there, it wasn't, I mean, it was a little neighborhood, but each house sat on like acreage, dirt oh. road. And then behind their house was 60 acres of wooded nothingness. Okay. So um, in October of 2009, Alyssa goes into the woods just a little ways behind her house and she digs two holes. I don't like where this is going. I.e. graves. They weren't holes. It wasn't like a hole to put a post hole in. It was a grave. She dug two of them. Now, nobody thinks anything about this. When they're like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, I just like digging holes. And nobody, they were just like, okay, cool. Whatever. It's just like my hobby is I love to go into the woods and just dig holes. Yeah, because that sounds like something that. She's what, like 15 15 at this time? So... Mm -hmm. She posts on Twitter that she wants to kill people, that she likes killing people, and now she's digging graves. It wasn't a hole. It was a grave. It was a rectangular box. Two of them. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So switch gears here for a second. Four houses down the dirt road, down a little ways from the Bustamante family, lived a nine-year-old girl, Elizabeth Olton, and her family. She... Loved coming over to the Bustamante house and playing with Alyssa's little sister, Emma. And they were friends. They were all friends. She had been at their house. They had been at her house. This was this was a normal thing. October 21st, Elizabeth begs her mom to go play with Emma, Alyssa's little sister. Her mom agreed but told her, you need to be home by dinner. Now, Elizabeth was terrified of the dark. She's a nine-year-old girl. She's scared to yeah. death of the dark. And she's scared of the woods. I don't blame her. I'm like, how you're describing this, like, to this day, I would be freaked out. Uh, Right. So when she said, yeah, I'm going to be home by dinner, her mom had absolutely no doubt in her mind whatsoever that, yes, she's going to be home for dinner. She's going to, because she'll be home before dark. It's October. The sun sets a little bit earlier, you know, probably by five, six. Um, And she knew without a doubt the route that Elizabeth would be taking. She would not, she's not going to get off the road. She's not going to go into the woods. She's not going to take a shortcut because those things scare her. She's predictable, right? But when Elizabeth comes over to play, Alyssa convinces her younger sister, Emma, to bring Elizabeth into the forest. I don't like where this is going. This is going to destroy me, isn't it? Yes. Upon Elizabeth's arrival into the forest where Alyssa is... Alyssa starts beating her with a belt. She strangles her. She slits her throat. She stabs her eight times in the chest. And then she buries her body in one of those graves. And throw leaves over it. After the murder, Alyssa goes home. She She didn't hurt her sister? No, her sister didn't go in there with her. Oh. She cleans herself up. She wrote in her journal... What, you want to know what she wrote in her journal? I don't know, probably not. I just fucking killed someone. I strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them and now they're dead. I don't know how to feel at the moment. It was amazing. As soon as you get over the, oh my God, I can't do this feeling, it's actually pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky though right now. Okay, 
gotta go to church now. LOL. <laughs> so as she's writing this, she hears her sister, Emma, screaming outside. So she runs outside, and her sister had just gotten like her foot stuck or a bracelet stuck or something in some thorn bushes. So she helps her sister get out. They go inside. She gets ready for a church dance. She goes to a church dance. Then she goes back later and like tries to scribble out her journal entry, like what she wrote. Okay, well, here's the gig. When you write something, there's imprints. There's imprints. You can't cover it up. You just hold it to the light and you can see right through that shit. Like, or take the page behind it and scribble on top of it like you're scribbling it out and then the white part is right. going to read what you wrote. Right. But back at Elizabeth's house, she's not home. And she oh, had promised her mom mama. that she would be there. Well, her mom knows right away something is wrong. She knows, like, this girl is, even though she's nine, she does what she says she's going to do. She is where she's supposed to be. She knows exactly what what's happening, right? Yeah. So within 45 minutes, so her mom calls the Bustamante house and says, hey, is Elizabeth there? Like, you need to send her home. And grandma says, I never even saw her. She hasn't been here. So her mom goes out, drives the road, looks around, doesn't see her, talks to a couple other people. Nobody's seen her. She immediately calls the police. I don't blame her. Like, we've got a 45-minute time. Like, this mama was on it. Well, and we've talked about this before because it makes us angry on usually how long it takes for them to look for children. Uh-huh. When we need to respect mothers... A, mother's intuition very much is a real thing. Oh, yeah. B, who knows your children more than you do? No one. Unless you're, like, out doing drugs and never home and don't know your kids. But if you're, like, an active parent... You know. You know when something's wrong. Yeah. You know if situations are different. You know if they're, like... You know. So instead of, like, do this whole... That's why it always makes me so angry, like... Yeah. When police are... Are. They they did great though, and not only did she call the police, she called the FBI. They, I mean, they responded. Really? And and they live in a town of only about a thousand people. She put it out there, started calling people. Hundreds of people showed up. Like this community, like within forty five minutes, within forty five minutes, the police are there, the FBI, the town by hundreds. And people are looking for her. That's amazing. They are scattering. They're interviewing people. They are like, this community, they're all like, uh, on point. They do a phenomenal job. That's awesome. Because I love when the community comes together like that. Yeah. And does it. Because the it chance, makes it, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So it didn't take very long at all for them to identify Alyssa as the killer. Not at all. They knew that Elizabeth was playing there, so the police searched their home, and they picked up that diary. And like we just said, even though she tried to hide the entry, you can still see it. Mm-hmm. You hold it up to the light, and there's nothing that screams, I'm trying to hide something, then scribbled out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, no. That was just... I was talking about some boy that I like. It's fine. Yeah. Well, and and her entry was pretty explicit. Yeah. There's no reading between the lines. No, at all. So she gets taken to the police to the police department. Her grandmother was there. That recording that you hear at the beginning of this was her interview of her admitting that, and the screaming in the background is her grandmother oh. realizing, "Dear God, my granddaughter did this." Ugh. So she was tried as an adult, and she was sentenced to life in prison plus thirty years. 
She tried appealing her murder plea, but it was denied in 2014. Alyssa Bustamante was ordered to pay the victim's mother, Patricia, $5 million plus 9% interest until the debt is paid for the wrongful death. Right. She's never going to see a dime of that money. No. I mean, she's she's going to be in jail for the rest of her life. She has no way of paying it. Well, she starts doing what everybody else does and selling art. Right. Right. Now, here's the psychological part that's, you know, I always go back to this and I kind of said it in the beginning too of why do we ignore red flags? Yeah. Why do we not acknowledge that a child who has the initial upbringing the first eight years of their life is not at a high risk potential for, for issues, not issues, for situations like this? I, it's a red flag. It's a big neon sign. Yeah. And sometimes seeing a therapist and getting on medication doesn't cut it. People need more than that. Well, and you've talked about this before, about how long it takes to get medications, the right dosages, the right... Right. It takes a while to get that done. Mm -hmm. So even if they were taking the right steps, who's to say that those medications were the right dosage or the right what she needed? And clearly they weren't. I mean, clearly. So she... Showed signs of psychological problems, right? She attempted suicide numerous times. She was on medication that clearly was not the right, what she needed. And I don't know how long she was on that medication. I mean, it takes it takes sometimes several months for that stuff to get, you know, the chemical makeup in your brain down right. Right. Um, she was given both inpatient and outpatient psychiatric care. She was a cutter. And cutters... That's how they deal with emotional pain. Like people who who cut themselves a lot, they don't. They're not trying to kill themselves. No. It's how they get pain out, which is often a physical reaction to the emotional pain. Right. Which is, uh, I don't know, I don't know, but but not only that, she posted on social media that her hobby was to kill people. Mm-hmm. Hello? I don't know. That seems like a completely rational 15-year-old to me. Danger to self or others. You know? I. So psychiatrists for the defense described Alyssa as psychologically damaged. Duh. <laughs> and severely emotionally disturbed. Duh. Again. Not, not because of what she, what she did, the, the murder part, but prior to that. This was identifiable. Yeah. When you're when a child is raised in the environment that she was raised in the first 5 years of her life, this is a potential outcome. Everything that molds an individual as a human being is determined in the early years of life. Right. And environment, bio, biology, all those things they play a part in this. And you can fix it. I don't want to use the word fix, but you can, you can fix it. You can heal. You can move past these things if the right resources are provided. Mm-hmm. And grandma and grandpa did the best that they could. Like they, you know, they did what they should have done. It's not like they just sat there and did nothing. Right? Yeah. And I'm going to throw this back on the psychologist and the people that were treating her. Come on. 
do better. Yeah, you didn't see that coming. Right. There was no other red flags. I mean, she. I feel like there had to have been red flags when she's posting on her Twitter that she loves to kill people. Well, and that's You're the, not putting that on social media and not... There's nothing for, else happening. You know what I right. mean? Like, there has to be other... Contributing, yeah. Fl- red flags. Right. Right. So... They testified in court that she suffered from major depression, which also and also displayed symptoms of borderline personality disorder, which is characteristics of being feeling empty, instability of moods, inappropriate displays of anger, and poor impulse control. Though the details of Alyssa's mental stability were quite disturbing, she had previous suicide attempts that included over 300 cuts on her body. Oh, wow. Okay, so this wasn't, this wasn't new. No. 300 cuts on her body, as well as self-inflicted cigarette burn marks. She had a lot of online accounts. Um, and again, I'm going back to the killing people and cutting as her hobbies. At, in, in the mental health field, like, I do this, and I don't know if other people don't, but it's one of the first things that I do is I find all of my clients' social media accounts and I read all of these things and I watch them because oftentimes what's said in session, it's what, it's what a person thinks that the therapist wants to hear Yeah. or it's not completely transparent. Right. And so sometimes more research and more work, like we've got to see outside of what happens behind closed doors. Well, especially with teenagers. Absolutely. Teenagers who are in the wanting to go do things, wanting to maybe their parents are strict or whatever that are already sometimes deceitful. Right. We think that they're being super upfront and honest with a medical, like a mental health provider. Right. Probably yeah. not. Well, and especially if she didn't want to be there, you know. Yeah. But but then there's that that video again that I, that we talked about her YouTube video where she was trying to get her brothers to touch that electric fence. She actually she actually writes and says on social media like this is on the World Wide Web anybody can see it. She says this. This is where it gets good. This is where my brothers get hurt. Ugh. Right. Yuck. Now. I have a lot of kids, and sometimes my kids do things intentionally to hurt the other people or their siblings, right? They play little jokes or they smack them or they whatever. I don't... I'm a perfect angel. I've never done anything. I don't know, though, if any of my kids have ever done something to really hurt, intentionally, like, hurt their siblings. And then record it and post it out there, you know, for everyone to see... Yeah. With the intention of doing them harm publicly. Yeah. I I don't know how I would react really to that. I mean, I've definitely put on like scary masks and recorded myself. Yeah, but that's... Scare the crap out of my right, siblings. Right, but that's... That's not physically hurting them. <laughs> something that could ele- electrify them. Kill yeah. them. Yeah, it's true. You would never do something that would kill your oh, sibling. No. Absolutely not. Like you might not like them, but you don't want them to die. <laughs> you might have when you were eight and they were born, but but here's the other thing, and police have speculated to this too. Why did she dig two holes? Yeah, that's what I was asking. Was she wanting to lure her sister out there? Was she going to kill her sister if her sister came? Right. I don't know. 
But but I don't think that it's I don't think that it's too far fetched to say if they wouldn't have caught this as quickly as they did, and I'm gonna put this on mom, on Elizabeth's mom, if she wouldn't have reacted the way that she did, without a doubt Alyssa would have killed again. Yeah. She was she had already prepared for it. Or like you said, the plan the plan was to kill her sister. Well, because clearly she doesn't care if her brothers get hurt, so do we think it's that far-fetched to say that sis, if sis head came out? Or or the other theory is, is that she was going to kill her brothers, but Elizabeth presented herself. Opportunity presented earlier than... Yeah. I don't know. But this... Child killers... <clears throat> very... Very much of interest to me, more so just because, and hindsight is always twenty twenty, but these are predictable. These are predictable crimes. Well, in this case goes with my, you know, we've covered a couple, I've covered a couple child killers too. It's hard to find anybody that fits technically like our scope of suspended sentence. They throw the book at child killers. They do. They do. I haven't found anybody that's, I mean, if you have one that you know of that I haven't found, please email me because that would be very interesting because everybody that I found. I do know but, some, but I can't talk about it because of HIPAA. Right. But I mean, that's <laughs> out in the media that's easy to obtain and easy to like. Well, but then there's that too, though, is because they're children, their records are sealed and I don't know that you will find it. You only find the ones that the books were right. thrown at, that there's no chance of them having future employment or future... Or that they were tried as an adult so their records aren't sealed. Yeah. Because anything that's related to children is, I mean, children laws are different than. Yeah. Than and you can't law. even get into a courtroom where a minor is, is on the docket. Yeah. It's wild though. It is. And I wonder, I don't wonder, I think, I think that the, the perception is, is that if a child at 13, 15, 9, whatever is capable of killing already, that they are a potential future threat. And they probably are. Yeah. You know, once you cross that line, it's a, you can't go back. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, like, eventually I'd like to cover the Mendez brothers. Sure. I kind of think they should be out by now. Again, each situation is different. So that's the thing, though, is the book gets thrown, and there's situations where... We've talked about it before. The why behind things is important sometimes. If you're being brutally abused by your parents and you can't take it anymore and you snap and kill your dad as he's beating the crap out of you, Mm -hmm. do I condone that? No. Do I see what took you to get to that point? Yeah, I do. So, but that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about is we preach this a lot and I say this a lot, social responsibility and governmental responsibility. How does that continue to happen and no one is protecting our children? How did these parents in the first place, dad is in and out of prison for aggravated assault, mom is in trouble for drugs, not taking care of her kids, not feeding her kids, not providing shelter for her kids, abusing her kids, pimping her kids out, doing all of these things. How is no one intervening? Right. Until the grandparents finally do. Until the grandparents finally do after eight years. Right. And then the grandparents get them, and every resource available is not provided to these grandparents and these kids. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? So, so even though it's, it's predictable and it's, you know, and we're like, oh my God, she killed someone. It's like, did we, are we surprised though? Like we fail these kids over and over and over and over again. And then we wonder why this is the outcome. Right. Where is the social responsibility? And don't tell me as much as the law was over at their house and is deeply embedded in the in the criminal justice system as mom and dad were that no one knew right hey we're gonna arrest dad and mom is high on meth or whatever oh are the kids okay and i understand the concept of family preservation and family unity but let me tell you in some instances stop putting kids back in these situations because what happens to them from birth until five shapes them. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand, I mean, in 1994, we knew better. That's wild. Right. Her poor mom. And now, you know, a nine-year-old girl is is dead. Elizabeth's mom, I can't imagine. No, at all. So, that's my case for today. Especially, like, it always is so sad, like, when it's kids, because, A, the mom knew, A, something that was mm-hmm. wrong right away. B, it's a house that she sends her child, sent her child to tons of times. She felt safe She felt there. safe. She didn't were feel friends. as though this time would something tragic and horrible and change her entire world would happen from sending her daughter to go play with her friend. And, you know, Elizabeth was afraid of the woods. And so it goes to the point of how much she trusted and felt safe that she was with Alyssa for then that to happen. You know, as a mom, what does that mean? Like, we, we shouldn't send our kids over, you know? Right, and that makes it very hard to be... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Trusting of other people mm-hmm. because you tr- she clearly trusted this family. Right. She knew the kids. She knew the grandparents. It wasn't an abnormal thing. So how do you, as a parent, listen to things like this happen and then comfortably send your child down the road to go play? You, you <laughs> well, know what I mean? Well, ask my daughter answer that question. How many times did you... Don't. you? I don't. They come over here. <laughs> they come to my house. Yeah, I don't let my children go and spend the night at other people's houses. Mm-hmm. And they... They don't. You are more than ha- more than willing or more than happy to host a party for you, but absolutely not will you go over to somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. Unless I know the family really, really, really well, my children don't. Yeah. And I've been called out by that by every single one of my kids. Why are you such a helicopter mom? Because of stories just like this. Yeah. Because it's my responsibility to keep my children safe commissioned of god (laughs) she said that a lot in the last few weeks (laughs) i have said that a lot i have a little my one of my daughters is 12 and she is like over mom saying no like i just want to go and do what normal kids do no sorry i'm sorry you're not walking from school to the ymca then to a friend's house and you'll be home by dinner. I'm not going to drop you off at school at 7.30 in the morning and not see you until 7.30 at night. You've got me all the way fucked up <laughs> if you think that that's how this is going to roll. It's not. Sucks to suck, buttercup. And I have three, I have Life360 GPS on her phone. I have, you know, I, my kids, if I called, they had better answer the phone. 
but I'm just not. Mm -hmm. There's too many things that can happen, which sucks for my kids, doesn't it, Samantha? (laughs) I'm still, I mean, to this day, if I go on, if I even am driving an hour and a half away, I check in, I... You know, yeah, you know when I'm leaving, you know when I'm there, you know where I'm at, you know what time I'm going to be coming back, you know what time I'm home. I know, because if you don't, we I'm went going and saw, to... We went and saw my husband's grandma last night for dinner, and I mean, I was texting you the whole time. Yeah. You knew where I was when we were in... I was only 30 minutes away from where we live. Right. <laughs> and because I've brainwashed you and I've conditioned you to, if you don't check in with me, I'm going to have search and rescue. She'll, no, she's not just that. She'll show up. I will. It's been a... There's been a few embarrassing times with that. Uh, and I'll be pissed. <laughs> but I take my responsibility as a mom very seriously. And I am not in any way insinuating that Elizabeth's mom didn't because... But this this shit scares me to death Yeah. with my kids. Like, it, it absolutely scares me. You And the more cases that we do, the more evident it is of how little... How little... Mm, how overly trusting in people that we are. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's terrifying. I agree. Well, thank you for that one. I didn't know that one, and that's disturbing. It is very disturbing. Again, though, I throw it back to I throw it back to the system all the time. I always do, and I know people are accountable for their own actions. But the system is also still broken. But we can help people. We can do more. We can have a greater sense of of social responsibility, and we can do more. I agree. But great job. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Thank you. Stay safe.